This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Episode 130, and uh, again, no Craig Reve. Um, Paul Hamilton, the bone. What's up, bone? Diddley going to join us here live from Montreal. How's it going, Paulie? How are you? Glad to be here. It's been a, it's been a minute since we've talked. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember the last time we had you on, uh, but I know we did we did a couple with uh, you and, and Mike Harrington. Those ones always get great responses, man, because we get uh, we poke the bear and we get shit going. But um, well, those are fun because Mike and I don't share the same opinions, so that, that's good that we can have a good conversation about uh, different things. Well, that's and that's it too, right? So two completely different platforms. You got the Buffalo News and you got WGR five fifty. Totally different opinions, but covering the same exact team. And I know you were uh, you were saying uh, that you you heard Kevin Adams talk yesterday, and we'll uh, we'll get into that. But first, I just got to say because I have a feeling he might listen. <laughs> you got to say hello to Craig and say good morning, Craig. We're probably not going to talk today. He's a little under the weather. So I miss you, Ribs. I, th- I was getting all keyed oh, up, bullshit. ready to go today. Bullshit. He, you know what's amazing is that, uh, so those listening, so Riv let me know today that he was under the weather again. And so I'm like, all right, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something. It's draft day. We have to do something, right? So, so I'm like, let's see what Paul Hamilton's up to. I sent out one one message to one person. Not I didn't throw out all the tentacles. I went one for one. And Bone Bone says, You said right back to me, yeah, I was scheduled with you guys for 10 o'clock today. Craig scheduled me last week for, for Thursday today at 10. I was like, as perfect as that is, it's just it just speaks to the uh <laughs> to Craig's memory. PD yeah. goes, sorry for the last minute. I go, last minute? I'm already scheduled. <laughs> I had no I had no idea. Hashtag partnership. Anyway, anyway. Um, well, it's good, it's good to have you on, man. It, you know, the Sabres have three picks today. I have my thoughts on what they should do. I mean, you know, this is really the start of the offseason, the NHL draft. And um, I, I'd love to get your thoughts first and foremost on how you feel today is going to shape out. And then we'll get into the conversation about uh, the team getting bigger as, as you uh, spoke with Kevin Adams yesterday. Yeah, that was a good conversation. I think people will be interested in hearing that. Um, I get the impression I've talked to Kevin Adams three times now in the last week or so, and I think he would love to move up. I think, but as he said, and he's right, if you're going to move up, you have to make sure the player that you want is there, you know, so you're not going to spend all that draft capital to move up, whether it's, let's say they wanted to move up to number two. Let's say the devils were interested in coming out of two. Well, you're going to have to give the devils nine. You're probably going to have to give them 28 and you're probably going to have to give them a second round pick. Now you got four of those in the next two years. If it were me, I would try to push them to next year and say, all right, we'll give you the highest one from next year and try to keep 41 from this year. So you have a second round pick this year, but beggars can't be choosers. If, if they're going to let you get into number two and uh, let you get a big winger in Slokowski, which I would love to get, you know, that's, you got, maybe you got to pay the price. And even if you got to do all that, you still have two first round picks. So you would have number two and number 28. If you got to give them or two and 16, rather you would still have maybe a second round pick. If not, you'd have three second round picks next year. So you're still going to have a lot of your draft capital. 
don't forget, they have four first-round picks and four second-round picks in the next two years. There's a lot of capital there. So do you, uh, do you I think, definitely, to get a goal scorer, that's one of Miro's guys. How, you know, so with so you, think, you, think, you think they could be looking to move as high as number two? I think so. I, I think they're definitely looking into it. And I just get, he never said, I want to move up. He said, we're exploring all the options of moving up, maybe moving down. But I just get the impression from talking to him, he would love to get up there, but it would have to be the player that they're targeting. Now, I'm nothing against Shane Wright or Logan Cooley. I think they're going to be very good players, but I think the Sabres have some good young centers. I'd love to get a scoring winger, big scoring winger. He played in the Olympics for Slovakia. Miro had him playing with Craig Ramsey. He was the coach of Slovakia in the Olympics, and he did real well. I mean, this is a kid that can score goals. He's big. He's a winger. So that's what, if I were Kevin Adams, if I could get up to get him, I would do it. Well, I'm not going to fancy myself uh, uh, or say that I fancy myself a, a, a draft prospect um, know-it-all. But I've done a little bit of research on some guys that I think could fit the Sabres the best. And it's it, I never in a million years would have thought that they would be pressing to get as high as number two if they could get that high and get that kid. Because we all know with all even, even the sideshow and all the uncertainty out of Montreal, they're taking Shane Wright. They're taking mm-hmm. Shane Wright. That they have to take Shane Wright, in my opinion. Um, but if you can move as high as number two, that would be absolutely incredible. But the other player that I think, I mean, that that I think you could move up and, and maybe try to target is that Cutter Gochi. I've heard a lot about him. I've never seen him play. Rivs has talked about him. Brought him up. This team needs to be bigger, and I know we're going to – but why do you think that's interesting that I brought up Cutter Goche? Because I've seen him ranked anywhere from 4 to 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, I always get the Hockey News' draft guide, and they have him ranked ninth, right where the Sabres are picking, number 9. I think if he's available at 9, and I think he possibly could be, kind of like Cousins who dropped down in his draft class. He was like 3rd or 4th and Buffalo got him at seven, I think maybe he could drop down and the Sabres could have a shot at him at nine. You wouldn't have to move up because you don't forget, you got those two defensemen. I was You were talking about moving up, maybe not quite to two. Well, if you move up in the middle of four or five, now you're talking about Nimic, who is a Slovakian D, who also played in the Olympics, who's probably the best D in this class, or Juracek. Don't forget, Buffalo has six young D, and that's it. I mean... There's no young depth after that. Uh, Laxanen played two playoff games, so it seems like they're down on him. And Ryan Johnson. Well, is Ryan Johnson ever going to sign with the Sabres? Is he interested? Uh, the, the, Adams actually is meeting with his um Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I thought I read through you guys that uh, he was going to be meeting with yeah. Ryan Johnson's so, representative. But as he said, he wants clarity and honesty. So I think if this kid doesn't see a future for himself with the Sabres. He wants to know about it. How how could he, though? I mean, let's be honest for a minute. How could he see a future with the Sabres on defense? Like, I I know the team's been, been, you know, at the bottom for the last few years, but they have a good defense core right now. I mean, it's starting. But it's six and that's it. If if he develops, because, yeah, he'd have to go to Rochester for at least a year. I, I think we can agree on that. But then he can come up and challenge Bryson. Yeah, don't you, you know think, he can come up and show he wants to try to avoid that somehow, some way. 
Like he's an yeah. Anaheim kid. I coached against him when he when he was on 16U Anaheim, and he was unbelievable. But he's an Anaheim kid. I, I mean, I could see him going back to college for another year, and then signing with the Ducks. You know, I mean, it's I, just the I, Buffalo has the six, and that's it. They they don't have any depth whatsoever. So maybe he could see a way that hey, you know, you know how guys are. He could say to himself, "I'm better than Jake Bryson." You know, I could I could beat him out, type of a thing. I, I don't know if he thinks, but you know how players. Of think. course, he does. He has to, to think that way. He thinks that yeah. way. He's looking at this it's, roster, yeah. telling uh, uh, himself and and believing that he's a uh, he could make this roster probably right now. He could be thinking either way, but Adams needs to know. I mean, they have to be honest. Say, you know what? We're really not thinking of signing with the Sabers. And now they've made a new thing. Now, if you lose a first round pick in this fashion, you get a second round pick from the NHL in return. So that's yeah. the worst you could do. And now you remember, he was the last pick of the first round. If he I signs wonder, as a free agent somewhere, the Sabres get a second-round pick for him. I wonder if Adams needs to know because he can use him as currency in another deal to move up. You absolutely. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And Portillo's in the same boat. Yeah, Portillo, you know same thing. Because they always talk, Adams always talks about Levi. Always, always, always. I had to finally ask him about Portillo because he never brings him up. Oh, no, we think he's a good prospect, too. But what's Portillo thinking? When every time Kevin Adams opens his mouth, he talks about Levi the most, talks about Lucan in a little bit, never talks about him. So, you know, you got to wonder what he's thinking, too. That's interesting. That's interesting. And a guy like Portillo would probably, he probably, these kids all listen. They pay attention. I mean, it's splattered everywhere on well, social media. Well, with Darlene. So, yeah. you know, they, yeah, they talk. He? Yeah, there's yeah, no question they must talk. Yeah, their right? families get together and everything. So let's let's hope. Let's hope. I mean, look, worst case scenario if they don't move up, you know. And when I say let's hope, let's hope that they move up and they can grab a a, a cutter goche or um I, I don't even know how to pronounce the kid's name. Slevchkovsky, Sledge uh Yura. I don't Slev- think I've said I don't think I've said his name yet right, correct. And then um, you got Connor Geeky who It'll be around nine. He's a big kid, but he's a centerman. And you got the guy probably with the most skill in the draft, Matthew Savoy, but he's five eight. You got, yeah. you, got you know, <laughs> so yeah, you got a lot of skill. It's the, probably the best skill in the draft, but I don't dream know, number one for this draft for me would be if you could get up to number two. That's dreaming, but I mean, that's why I said it first. This, the next thing would be if you could move up a couple few spots and get Cutter Gauthier. Okay, just because of the scouting reports, the size and the scoring and, and you know, the physicality, you need size. And we're going to talk about that. I was, I'm not going to forget that conversation. Um, and if you can if you can get that Miroshenko that that Craig has talked about for years, I, he had uh, he had cancer, but he's he's his treatments are done. He's been he's resumed training. Um, that would be a kid that I would take a waiver on with one of those three picks. Craig seems to think that he can end up at 28 and be available. If he is, and you've made two picks, which I'd love to see the Sabres make all three picks. If they make all three picks at 9, 16, and 28, stockpile for the future, right? So, PD, if you're going to go with Russian, though, the the, the talent is uh, Daniela Yurov. He is a guy that scouts talk about. Some of them think he's a top five talent. Most of them think he's a top 10 talent, but he's Russian. So it's, all right, what do you do with Russians? What are we going to do? We, you, we all know what's going on in the world these days. So, you know, and, and he's been kind of connected with the Sabres probably because they took four Russians last year. 
but he's a very, very talented kid. So it's 16 and he's staring you in the face and you're looking at a guy who's a top 10 talent or a top five talent. Do you just say, we got three first round picks. You know what? If he never shows up, we tried. We went for the talent. We went with the guy that's supposed to be phenomenal and it didn't work out because of what's going on in Russia. Do you? I would take that chance. I don't know if you would. I would take that chance. I just said I want I want to see them draft Marashenko at, at 28. Why would I say that if you can get that kid that you're talking about now at 16, you take the best players available. Now, whether or not some kind of rule changes or somewhere along the line where these Russian players aren't allowed to come over anymore, we're seeing some stuff with uh, Kirill Kaprizov and, and uh, the, the, the kid from Philadelphia there, Fedotov mm-hmm. or Fedotorov or whatever his name is. So you just wonder if there's going to be some kind of tricks in the uh, in the old bag over there of the of the of Russia, right? So with how they handle their their athletes. But um, I want to go back to that conversation that we've been itching to have about uh, you know what you did. You ask Kevin Adams yesterday about about you asked him the question. Yeah, I, I asked him, "Do you feel your team needs to get bigger?" And he started with. Well, what are you talking about? Are you talking about the draft? Or are you talking about overall? And I said both. And and the thing that he went, he said, "Look at I can read I can read it word for word for you exactly what he said." He goes, "I think you have to be really careful to, by saying that we got to get bigger, and then you're going to chase bigger guys, and then you can tip the scale too far that way." He goes, "You got to be careful." taking all small guys too, saying you just want to be a fast skill team. So he goes, I don't think it's a good idea to think that way, that you just got to say, hey, we got to get bigger. He goes, we have different discussions about players and that type of thing. What's their ceiling? He goes, is size part of the conversation? Sure it is. The the other side of the roster, whether we're talking about these kids that we're drafting, he goes, you don't know how big they're going to be at 21 or 22. You got to project that. And he said, as far as what the roster is too, he goes, it's always in the conversation, but we want really good hockey players that want to be in Buffalo that are competitive and smart. So he didn't say it's a priority in any case, which I kind of thought it should be. I think they do need to get a little bit bigger, but uh, he's still back to, you know, Hey, if the size comes with the talent, that's great. But we're not going to sit there and just, we got to get bigger. We got to get bigger. I respectfully 100,000% disagree with him. And I, I, and I don't know if, I'm not saying he's being dishonest, but I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to show his hand, but I don't, I don't think that what he's saying is right at all. If you could get a player like Alex Tuck, who's five foot nine, or you get a player like Alex Tuck, who's six foot five, and they're the exact, who are you taking? Who are you taking? Absolutely. Taking You're taking Alex, Alex Tuck, Tuck six foot five. If you could get Tage Thompson um, at five uh, eleven and a half, one ninety, or six foot seven, two hundred and thirty pounds, what are you going to have? Which one are you going to take? I, I don't. I don't care who you are. If you have an option, and that is why I think, and I'm I'm not trying to shift in that direction, but that's why I think this. Slevchkovsky or whoever is pressing that Shane right too. He's 6'4", 220, and he's already played with men. Like to, to sit and say that you don't want size after watching the Stanley Cup playoffs is, no, 
That's not true. He didn't say he doesn't want size. But to say that that you want good hockey players and size maybe isn't not a priority. Most, it, it has to be. I'm not saying your entire team has to be big, but I'm saying the Buffalo Sabres need to be bigger already. There's no other way to around it. Their forwards, with the exception of a few, are not big at all. And the guys they're bringing in, Jack Quinn, Paterka, we're still not talking about huge size, especially Quinn. You know, you're bringing in another small forward that is going to be on your team uh, type of thing. So, yeah, you got Krebs, you've got Quinn, you've got, uh, you know, right down the line, uh, Casey Middlestead, I wouldn't call him a big player. Uh, you know, Skinner, he goes right down the line. Even on defense, you've got Yoki Haru and Bryson. Uh, they're not big players. Now, Darlene is starting to learn how to throw his weight around a little bit and not be afraid to get into physical confrontations. And I don't mean fights, but I mean physical battles. Would be I love where the defense is going. Between Samuelson, Power, Darlene 6'2". I mean, they've got three or four pretty big guys back there that uh, that are mobile and, and can play the game. And I'm not talking about throwing the body. They don't even need to necessarily do that. But but you need size. You need guys that can compete against those big four checkers because that's what we're seeing in the playoffs. I, do you I, consider Cousins a big player? What is he? He's 6'4". He's big, but I think he, he, six, he, he needs 6'3", no. maybe. He's got to be 6'3". But, but I, I mean, he right needs now. to be 220. Uh, I mean... He needs to be 220 pounds. And, you know, you and got I got Asplund, who I think is a, is a good hockey player and a good, good complement to Cousins, but not a big player. Middlestat, Skinner, Krebs, Quinn, Olafson. They're all small. Henestrosa, Bork. They're all, you know, I don't even know if I call Zemgis. Zemgis Gergensen's play, he's hard to play against, but I wouldn't call him a huge big forward, but at least. He's getting he, he's getting to the conversation, but it's just I I like Vinny Hinnestrosa and I don't I, you know he brought some offense to the team from the bottom six position, but if you got him out there with Gergensen and Naposo, I, I might want somebody bigger with those two, you know, to be a, a game uh, a, a line that can want and just change the flow of a game. Uh, to get on there and maybe, you know, things aren't going well and they can get out there and rile things up a little bit and get on a four check and get on a hard four check. And that's what people don't understand. It's like, well, those guys maybe aren't going to score much. Yeah, but they can change the flavor of a game. All right. They get in, get on a hard four check. They have a, t- a line in for, a, for uh, a minute. Now the next line's pumped up. They come out, they start a four check. It gets it all going. And, and, you know, that's what I think you need out of an energy line. And I think part of that is getting size on that energy line. Like, uh, so look at, ready, Skinner. Like, we, I know you've already gone through, but this is, I'm looking at, at the players on this team. Skinner, like, not, not a big player. Kyle Oposo, not a big player. Middlestad, not a big player. Bjork, no. Cousins, he's young. He needs to fill out Krebs, no. Gergensen's, I give him, he's a good size, uh, he's a good size player. Middlestad, no. Krebs, no. Quinn, no. Aspen, no. Olison, no. Eakin's gone. Hayden, I mean, he's going to be gone. Henestrosen, no. You, you need size. You need, yeah. you, I, you know, I threw a player out, um, and I, you, you'll never be able to get him, but the type of player that you need to have on this team next year or the year after. Well, is a guy like Alex Kalorn, a player like that, 
that's the type of forwards you want to have on this team. I mean, so yes, I'll answer the question for Kevin Adams. Yes, they need to get bigger, but he's not, he's not going to show that hand. He's not going to show that hand. And, and you know, Paul, with today being the draft, if they had a shot to get to number two or move up and get Cutter Goche, why are they going after those players specifically and not your Logan Cooley? Why? I think in, in, in the case of uh, Slavkowski, it's let me big answer and for scoring. You. It's big and scoring. Yeah, it's, both you of them. You, they, they need scoring on the wing. He provides that. And honestly, I think size comes with it. I, as he says, it's in the conversation, but I don't think they'd trade up there just because he's big. I think it's because they're looking for a winger and then put the puck in the net. So they're – there have been some other uh, rumors as it pertains to the Sabres. Like yesterday we had Elliot on and you know, he, he didn't, he didn't tie the Sabres to Matt Murray, but I mean, it sounds like the Sabres are still looking at enhancing their goaltending. Does that make sense to you? They are. And I hope they're not connected with Matt Murray. I want nothing to do with him. That's the thing. I look at the free agent goaltenders and if they're not named flurry, I'm not real excited about you know, any of them and not, why would Flurry come here at this point in his career? Uh, you know, to, to, you know, he just was with the Blackhawks and I, I think he was kind of miserable doing that. Now I think the Sabres might be ahead of the Blackhawks rebuild right now, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that I, that's something that would happen. So I look at the free agent goaltending and I'm just not excited about it at all. I think you have to look at the trade market and, uh, you know, is, is a guy like Varlamov available from the Islanders who has one year left on a $5 million contract? I think he immediately upgrades your goaltending. And then maybe if you can get him here, now he does have a, a limited no trade. So I think he would have to say, yeah, I'd go to the Sabres or whatever. Would he want to? I don't know. Um, but if you could get your hands on him for a reasonable price, maybe you get him in here for a year and maybe he'd want to sign for another year or two you know, until one of your college guys gets ready to go or Lucan improves that he can play in the league. So I think if you're going to improve the goaltending, I think it needs basically to be done because I don't think Huso is going to sign for a one or two year deal. And Adams, I talked to Kevin about this specifically. He said, we are definitely not getting a goaltender for five, six year contract. We're just not. So that means Gibson's out. You know, Gibson is not going to be, he's got six years left. And I said, what about a two or three year contract? And he still got a little squirrely about that. So I think what I took from that, he's been willing maybe to, for a two year deal. So as I said, if you, if you could get your hands on a Varlamov, maybe you sign it, give him a one year extension, you know, and, and you and have who for is a couple he squirming of for? Is it UPL? Is it Devin Levi? Like, like is Devin Levi no, going to play in? Is it, yeah, is it he's Portillo? because he believes totally in his three goalies and he thinks they are the future of the team and he's not going to get in a way of them. So he feels, I get the impression. He feels if you get a goaltender for more than a two year deal, you're getting in the way. of <laughs> They're all three years away. They're all three. He, I don't know if he thinks Levi is. I think he might think Levi's a year in, year in Rochester. He really likes that kid a lot. Uh, look, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I, I mean, I've now, talked there's to one guy play who against, goes against him, and they say he's incredible. But There's one guy that goes against all this, and that's Jeremy Swayman with the Bruins. He came out of college and basically 
after a few games in the minors, played for the Bruins. But it doesn't happen that often. I mean, how often does that happen, that a goaltender hops out of college and basically jumps into the NHL? It, it just so I, I don't think they can count on Portillo or Levi doing that. But I think maybe they're thinking after a year, Levi definitely could be in the conversation and we don't want to be in his way. You know, the, the one thing about uh, Levi, everyone says, is because people are, are fixated on huge goaltenders. Oh, he's got to be 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". Well, I, two I, and three I, young goalies are 6'6". Six, six. Bertillo I, and Lukanen. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the one that you have the most stock in is the smallest one at like 5'11". But the guy, Soros, UC Soros in um, in Nashville has, has made me believe that you don't necessarily have to be, you know, six foot four, six foot five to be a, a, a great goaltender in this league. I, I like the stance that they're taking in letting their players develop. Let's be honest, Paul. Next year is not a year that the Sabres are eyeing as a playoff season. I mean, would you sign a goalie for five years? Depends on the name, Paul. It depends on the name. I, 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 don't I really think would. There's because... a name that they would do it. They, they, he believes so deeply in these three goaltenders that I don't think there's a name that he would do that with. And he basically told me, no, we're not signing the goalie for that kind of a contract. I don't know if I would. There are a lot of people I think that would like to sign a goalie for, for a long term and get that spot stabilized because I look at this team and I think if even if Craig Anderson were in the lineup last year, how many more wins do they have? How much closer are they to a wild card spot? And I think a, a bona fide number one gives this team a very good chance to get really close to a wild card spot next year. And with the way that the, the mindset is with the goaltending right now, I, I, you know, I mean, if they limp in, they limp in, but, but goaltending's not going to help them. I mean, it's not going to be a, uh, uh, a game every game where you're looking and saying, "Oh yeah, we have so and so in net, we're fine." I think they're making with exactly what you're saying. That's why I think they're making a huge mistake not making sure Lukanen's one of their goalies this year. And now that you've signed Anderson, I don't think he is because Anderson can't be your Plan B because you got to have all right to me for me. Lukanen would be my Plan A, but I would have a better person paired with him. That if that goes to garbage all right, my plan B is going to be okay. I can put this goaltender in for 55 games and he's going to be fine. I don't think you can put Anderson in for 55 games and he's going to be fine if Lukanen does not make it. But because of what you're saying and because of what I think maybe not next year, but the year after can be, I think you got to find out about Lukanen now. And he's been in the minors. He's gone through the thing. He's played pretty well in his nine games in Buffalo. You have to find out about him now and not stick him in Rochester. And I think they're making a huge mistake. I could be wrong with this, but I could be right. But I feel this way. I feel like we already know what we have. We have a. I don't a, think so. He's only played no. nine games here. It's it's the hell, and they were pretty darn it's good. The, it's the hell. Look, his abilities are are unquestionable. His abilities are unquestionable. Can he stay healthy? He has not been able to stay healthy, maybe ever. Burakovsky links to the Sabres. Anything real there? You think? I don't know. Uh, Does that make sense to you? No. Not that you brought it up. 
because I'm just thinking about it now as you brought it up. No, that doesn't that doesn't That's make sense to me. Speculation that the Sabers were linked to Fiala. They might have been in on Fiala, Fiala until they heard how much he wanted. And then they decided that's not worth what what we feel he's worth. I think he got overpaid, quite honestly. Um, but and and then I thought, I mean, he and Olafson, if you look at it, their goals per game, I think, are identical in their careers. So now do you think Claude Lemieux doesn't sit there and go, well, Fiala got this, you know, type of a thing. Now I don't think the Sabres are gonna give that kind of money to Victor Olafson, who by the way, they're they're getting closer they're getting closer with, but I'm not even sure Victor Olison is in a long-term plan for more than another year or two. Is he for you? I got to see more of what I saw near the end of last season. I, he became not bad in his own zone. He wasn't too bad at battling. He, he finally got into some battles. Uh, he, he's not the greatest thing in the world at battling, but at least he showed up at some battles where he never used to before. He was a little more present in the uh, slot area, you know, where goals are scored. But I need to see more of it. I've seen it for a half a season now through his whole career. And I know he was injured, and I get all that. So, honestly, I would not be negotiating more than a one- or two-year deal with Olsen right now because I, quite frankly, want to see more before I make that decision. He's just a one-dimensional player. He's a, he's a big-time shot. And like you said, he, those areas where he has to go and score, I think I saw him score one goal this year from in tight. That was in Toronto. I don't know if you remember the goal, but he scored a goal right on, right on the blue, in the blue paint. And I remember that because Craig came in the next day and he's like, oh, my God, did you see where he was standing? That's the first time I've seen him standing there. So I, I just look and I think it can't be a long-term deal. And I would even consider signing him and trading him. I mean, there, I think he would be a great fit on another team, but we have so many guys that we need to give that ice time to to see what they really are. Because, like, all right, Quinn and Paterka, I'd love to see them up with the Sabres this year, but if Olsen's in the lineup, I don't see both of them here because you're not going to put them out there with Gergensen's and, and Olsen. If you're going to do that, you might as well send whoever's with them down to Rochester. Those guys have to be in your top six. If they're going to be effective and, yeah. and good players, they have to be in your top six. Olsen's not a third liner. Yeah, if Olsen's here, I think he takes one of their spots. Yeah, well, oh, well, exactly. Olsen's not a third liner, so you can't put him anywhere else but on the top two lines. Like you have to, yeah. if you're going to, you ha- you are exactly what you're saying. You're forcing him from taking a spot from, a, and you have Jack Quinn who is, Maybe, maybe, I dare say, maybe a better shooter already than Victor Olsen. I mean, this kid is fucking lethal with his stick. Well, so, I, I sent some lines. I was texting with Craig for a little bit. And don't feel bad that I don't text with you. It's just you're so busy. You, you sometimes no, don't get back. No, text with him because I don't have text. time for this shit. You guys, <laughs> he is so line hungry. It's unbelievable. I, I'm not offended at all. So... I have because it Quinn takes playing. away from me having to get, hey, what do you think of this lineup? What do you think of this lineup for next? Like, oh, my God, it's every for, eight minutes. But, but for right now, I think it's a top nine because you can't really say this is the first line, this is the second line, this is the third line with the guys you're mixing in here. For example, I thought Asplund really helped Cousins have a really good last month of the season, which he carried on into the world championships. And by the way, he played left wing there which he's never played with the Sabres 
and was almost Canada's best player. I mean, he was chosen as one of Canada's three best players, and he led the tournament in goals. So that's something to think about, although he has made it known. Kevin Adams said he's made it known he wants to be a center. You know, he doesn't want to play the wing. But I would have Cousins centering Quinn and Asplund. And I would, I would, Middlestat would be my guy out as far as the centers. I go Cousins, Krebs, and Thompson. And Middlestat, I would put on the wing with Krebs and Tuck. And I would keep the way they ended the year with Thompson, with Olison and Skinner. Again, I'm not going one, two, three. You know, I don't do that anyway, because I could sit here and make a, make a case for any one of those lines being your first line. I could make a case for any one of those lines being your third line. I, I just think right now they're involved. They're trying to figure it out with a top nine. And I just don't see a place for Paterka right now. And I'm not going to put him out there with Gergensen's and Oposo. But if one of those guys gets hurt, he's the first guy up here, and he's going to get plugged right into one of those spots. So the schedule came out yesterday, and I don't know if you how in-depth you looked at it. but I Hardly at all, but I looked at it a little bit. I saw okay. the Hawks instead of being the last game of the year here early in October. And you know what? And I went through, and all this excitement and all this hype around this team, one thing they need to do next year is what, Paul? They need to have a great start to the year, a great start to the year. So you tell me if you think the first month of October is favorable to them and what you think their record should be. They play Ottawa, Florida. Forget about the dates. Doesn't matter. This is the order of the games. Ottawa, Florida, and then they go out west, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. Then they are Seattle, and then they're home to Montreal, home to Chicago, home to Detroit on the 31st. You got a chance there because don't forget for they had all sorts of trouble with Seattle last year, but they go into Calgary and they handle the flames, play a really good game. It was a zero zero going into overtime and they win the game. Uh, So they tend to go out there and play pretty well. So it's not unreasonable to think just go play Seattle better. I don't know why you had so much trouble with that team because nobody else did. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's a definite opportunity. Now, the first two games, Florida is an interesting thing because every time they played Florida, they played half a game. They'd be there with them. They might be ahead of them. They were ahead of They were up 4-1 on them in Florida, and they lost that game 7-4, to you know, because Florida just, you know, waterboarded them after, after they started going. So it's maybe at some point they could play a full game against Florida instead of only playing a half of one, but that's, that's going to be a problem. But I think you have a good opportunity to start against Ottawa and maybe get your season off on the right foot. They need to beat the Ottawa. They need to win Ottawa. They need to win Vancouver. They need to win Seattle. They need to win Montreal. They need to win Chicago. They need to win Detroit. Those, if you were going to show, they have trouble with too, for what I know. And Detroit's no joke either. And you know what? I don't give them, and they don't get enough credit for maybe how many good young players they really have. But if you're serious about showing everybody that the end of the season last year was real and that you you can beat these teams that are going through kind of the same situation that your team's going through with building and transitioning from trying to get to a from a losing franchise to a winning franchise, those games that I just mentioned are the ones you need to win. You need to win. If you want your fan base and the media and yourselves 
to be taken seriously, you need to start winning these games. Now, maybe you don't win all of them because you can't. You can't necessarily win all of them. But you got to be better than most of those teams. And they've got to build on their momentum with their fans. It started with the Eichel game. About 12,000, 13,000 fans showed up, and they loved that game. They were so into that game. And it was more than booing Eichel. The refereeing, if you remember, was horrendous in that game. The fans were all over the refs. They hung on every call. It was just like, this is great. I mean, and every player talked about this. And Kevin Adams actually went in the room and said to the guys, this is what Buffalo will be like when we earn the respect back of the fans. He goes, this, you saw it tonight. And he wanted to make sure they soaked it in. And then the RJ night comes. And again, they they play a phenomenal game, sellout. And then I noticed it. As April went on, more people started showing up in the 300 level. I think people who thought this team, you know, you know, sucks and everything else showed up and go, hmm, that was a pretty fun game we just watched. And then they showed up, hmm, that was a pretty fun game. And they didn't want to spend the money to be sitting down in the expensive seats. But you know what? Maybe I'll come back and watch another game, sit in the 300 level and see if this is for real. And I noticed that was starting to happen as April was going on. More and more people were coming to sit in that 300 level. So now you have to build on it. You can't ruin that by going one and eight in, in, in October because you'll just lose everybody again. Absolutely right with what you just said. You, you have to have a good start and get your fan base into it, get them believing, get them into the rink. Because even when those hard games come further and further into the season, you've already sucked all those fans into the rink. You're going to have that energy. That is, in Buffalo especially, if you have those fans in the rink, it is a huge advantage for the team, period. So they got to, like, unfortunately, there's a lot, there is a lot of pressure on this team to perform right out of the gate because that's what I'm expecting. You're expecting. Last year, I wasn't expecting it. I was hoping for it. It's a big difference between hoping for it because you know that it can be huge for your team as the season rolls on, and it's one thing to be expecting it. And this year, I am absolutely expecting it. And and Don Granado's on on um, in the spotlight too because he has he has his players, he has his lineup. You had a great finish last year. Now go do it now when the games matter. And this is no joke. I, I, I'm not saying this to be funny. For the first time since you played for the Buffalo Sabres, when I'm walking around town, I'm getting stopped all the time now. And I would say 85 to 90% of the people are excited about yes. this team, yeah. are speaking positively about this team. And this is the first time since you were a Buffalo Sabre that I have walked around town and had people this positive looking at this team and thinking, you know what? I think they've got something here. Oh, three oh four saying that. Oh three oh four. That was that was the season. We missed the playoffs, but that was the season where you saw a lot of young, talented players. You saw your Drury and Briere emerge as leaders and stars. Then the next year we had the lockout. And that's when you and this team is the exact same thing. Absolutely. Imagine all these guys in Rochester together next year for a whole season and then coming back. For another year, I mean, this this is but very similar. Kind of done to, it. To, They've grown to up year. together. Quinn, yeah. Paterka, Fitzgerald. Yes, uh, to a less Bryson was with those guys until this year. Lukanen, 
uh, I'm missing people. Uh, Samuelson. Samuelson, yeah. Uh, they, they've all grown up together, and now Darlene up here and Power coming in. They're all coming just like Vanek and Miller and Roy and Pomenville. and and whoever I'm missing, uh, Palmanville. Yeah. It's it's the exact same thing, and and I think there is something to be said about eight or a core group like that of six to eight players growing up together who are good players. It's you can't just be any ragtag right. group, right? But it were good right. players that grow up together and come up together. Well, I'll end on this. I'll say that uh, if the Sabers, like I said all the way at the beginning, if 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 you walk out of tonight and the Sabers pick nine, sixteen, and twenty eight, and whoever they pick, regardless. You've just added three more first-round picks to a very talented core group of young players that are going to be the future of this team. So, And what's Rosine going to be? He's a first-round player from last year who signed all a contract about now, so we don't even know what the 14th overall pick last year. You know, he's in their stable now. What is he going to turn into? We know he's got skill. Yeah, but, some pieces. You know, we got to watch him develop now. Some of these picks tonight uh, close off. Uh, well, I mean, you have the second rounder next year from Vegas, but you got the first rounder from Vegas this year in the Eichel deal. You got the first rounder for Reinhardt. So look at the uh, kid who was in the Memorial Cup, Nadeau. Yeah. Look, the improvement he has shown in a year is phenomenal. Bloom wasn't even playing, and then he's had a good year. They signed him. The Russians, the four Russians, you know, you're going to have one in Rochester, one in college hockey next year, you know. So, you know, what kind of development are you going to see out of those kids? For the fans, those these prospects are going to be here next week, Wednesday through Saturday over at Harbor Center. You People can come watch and they can see for themselves what some of these prospects look like. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle. And at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.